What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. Uh, different setup, as you can see, than usual. Uh, for those of you who've been here for more than a year, you remember this background, probably remember this mic I'm using now, I'm gonna use my old mic, but it's only for one video. Uh, normal quality content will be back on Monday. Uh, but we gotta do the underdog video. Sponsored by underdog, as with every Saturday. Um, this setup, I'm just gonna kinda scroll through all the props that we have for this week. As you can see, I put together some for Thanksgiving games. Didn't go overly well. We hit on our, our first prop, as you can see on the top. We've been killing the first prop, but did not do well on the Diggs-Davis-Allen stack. And then Ramondre had a billion yards, but they were all in the receiving game. So we're going to go through the ones we have now. Um, I've got a bunch of tabs open. We'll kind of like just scroll through like my general thought process for each one. Um, this is basically, this is, I mean, this is the website. Um, and any questions you have might just be on this column. This is just like historically... Um, given like my number one favorite bet of the week, it's 81.8% on the season. Obviously, there's low samples, so like these are going to be a little bit off, but you know, as you work down, you're probably going to get uh, more inaccurate when you're not your favorite one. So, what do we like this week? Um, first one, McLaurin. This one, obviously, if you take the over on McLaurin, if you like the over on Taylor Heineke, what we always talk about when you've got those pass catchers and those um, quarterbacks, you'll want to pair them together. You don't want to be taking the McLaurin over in one bet and then the um, Heineke over in another one and then not have them together. They're, they're correlated, right? I mean, obviously, if McLaurin has a good game, then Heineke's much more likely to hit his prop and vice versa. You know, if Heineke's thrown for 280 yards, it's pretty likely that McLaurin's got the over on 50 unless, you know, Curtis Samuel or, or Dotson, whom we'll kind of talk about after, uh, you know, unless they're hitting way over their totals. But yeah, I like McLaurin. Um, obvious one here. Since we see Heineke take over for Carson Wentz, um, the target share has just flipped. You know, Curtis Samuel was someone who was getting far more targets before, but I mean, Heineke really likes throwing it to McLaurin and now 30, almost 32% target share has been taken over. Since that time, third highest target share among wide receivers in the NFL, actually among all players in the NFL, um, just, just getting insanely targeted. Um, we also know that I have up here, this is the opponent play percentage. Washington runs a ton of plays themselves. They're going against a Falcons team that's allowed the fourth most plays per game. So we should see a lot of play volume here for the commanders. And that's why, as we go back to the other one over here, that's why I like the over on a lot of these players. I feel like they're being underprojected a little bit, like, you know, 60 receiving yards for McLaurin. Uh, we look down here, Heineke is at 215, only needs 216 passing. Even Dotson, like there's nothing that stands out for Dotson's matchup in particular, but we do know that the Falcons are just not a good defense at all. Um, they don't really generate all that much pressure. Pass defense here, 28th in pass defense CVA, 21st and yards are pass attempt allowed. Like, it's not an imposing matchup. There's going to be plenty of plays run. We know the Falcons aren't going to be generating a ton of pressure, which means the total sacks for the game aren't going to be overly high. Like, they might not even get sacked more than once. So we should get a lot of these pass attempts. Um, also, recently, we have seen Washington um, a lot more often. I don't think I have it up here. I probably should have pulled it up. But Recently, we've seen Washington get into these games where they're running the ball a ton. 
recently. But like they've been in matchups where that makes sense. Actually, I think it'll come up during when I talk about Heineke a little bit later. So maybe we can save that. But they've been running the ball more recently. And that's why the pass times are a little bit lower for Heineke. As they get into matchups where there's plenty of play volume, maybe they don't have to run every play like they did against Houston, the pass attempts will be there. So Heineke hasn't necessarily hit this over a ton, but I mean, it's a really, really good spot. Got to think McLaurin's set up well here, and it kind of correlates with everyone else. The next one, Nick Chubb, over 76 and a half rushing yards. If we just look at Nick Chubb as like a player, I mean, let's be honest, he had a really tough game at Buffalo last week. A lot of players have a tough game at Buffalo, and it didn't hit this at Miami, another like relatively strong defense. But look at all these games before. I mean, he was way over in weeks one, two, three, four, five, like just going all the way down. He's a phenomenal player. Um, if we think about this game environment too, this is the worst game environment of the week in terms of weather. We've got sustained winds around 20 miles an hour, gusts up to 30. Whenever you see sustained over like that 15 to 20 mark, you're going to see a shift to the ground game, like you just are. And this is also, you know, a Browns team that is already totally fine running the ball. They've got two really good running backs. They'll throw it, but like they don't want to be a team that airs it out. And there's also nothing in particular in this matchup that shows where it's like, nope, can't possibly run the ball against the Bucs. Like the Bucs aren't a horrendous defense at anything. Like they're a relatively strong defense just overall. But like, like I said, like Nick Chubb's fantastic. They're playing at home. If you just had the option, like you're like, oh, I don't know what I want to run here, a pass or a run. Well, if there's 30 mile an hour wind gusts and you have Nick Chubb on your team, maybe you're going to lean just a few more times during the game towards that run. And like I said, he's good enough in any matchup to go over here. If he's going to get a few more attempts, he's going to be good. And so I think it just like weather-wise makes sense. I actually really liked... Uh, Tampa Bay. I like the Tampa Bay passing attack there, and I wanted to do this is a 21. I actually don't have a 21 for you guys for you today. Spoiler alert. Um, but I wanted to do this game. Then I looked here, and I'm like, oh, we can't really stack the passing attack of Tampa Bay against Cleveland, because if we have these wind gusts, we're kind of banking on that for Chubb. It just doesn't correlate very well with the pass catchers on the side. Like, if the winds are bad enough to where the Browns have to run it, well, guess what's going to happen uh, for the other team. But then also um, kind of brought this up here. I guess this one's probably the best one to do first. Um, the Bucks run defense, like I said, like they're good defense overall. But they're fifth in pass defense CVA, or sixth in pass defense CVA, fifth in yards for pass attempts allowed. They're more middle of the road against the run. And if we look at their, like the opponent yards per game, you know, it's, it's right around league average. Like I think historically in everyone's minds, it's like, oh, can't run on Tampa Bay. Well, that's not really the case. Teams are running about average against them. They're having about average efficiency, and Nick Chubb is not an average running back. And so I think that line is a little bit low for him. After that, Lockett. Really like this one. Um, I'm actually considering, I don't think it's up yet for DraftKings. Underdog sponsor video. But for DraftKings, if you want to take the adjusted over, I'm probably going to do that if they post like 120 receiving yards and a touchdown at like plus 700. I think that's something I want this week, but I love on underdog 62 and a half receiving yards for Lockett. Uh, the Raiders are the number one matchup for opposing slot receivers. We talk about this every single week. It always works. We had uh, Hinton last week. We had Paris Campbell before. Like No matter who you are, you're a slot receiver against this team. You're going to have a good game. Lockett plays in the slot about 40% of the time, so he's not always in the slot. They have two wide receivers plenty of the time. 
but on four out of 10 plays in this game, he'll be running a route out of the slot and he's going to perform very well in those routes. Um, and if we look, this kind of goes with uh, Gino. We've got a tweet from the footballers here. Um, just that, I mean, you can read it on the screen. Raiders, 31st in schedule adjusted fantasy points to quarterbacks, last in EPA per pass attempt allowed. Um, we've got one from Zacharyson here. Only Dalton and Russell Wilson have not been quarterback ones against this team. Like, it is just a team where you are able to throw the ball. And so it's another correlated one. If you like this passing game, go with the over on Geno's passing yards and Lockett. If Lockett's going to hit for a 60-yard pass, you've got two players who are really, really benefiting that's putting them, you know, a, I mean, a 60-yard pass is obviously going to put Lockett over the edge, but it's going to give Geno a really, really good chance of hitting as well. So I love that correlated pairing there. After that, we're looking at game environment for Pacheco. So we, we skip over the ones that we did not get right earlier on Thursday there. Um, but Pacheco, I mean, let's be honest, like, he's great. Like, he has looked so good when they give him the football. Uh, he's been very efficient. We look at these last two games that he started, five yards per carry, seven yards per carry on 16 and 15 rush attempts. He's gone way over his 57 and a half rushing yardage prop in both of those games. Um, we don't care that he's not involved in the receiving game because we're just taking his rushing yardage here. And if you look at the game environment, 15 and a half point home favorites. Like I know the Rams are a strong defense, but let's be honest, Stafford is out, Cup is out. They are not gonna be able to move the football. He's got a really good chance of scoring. If you wanna do another adjusted over, uh, 100 yards and a touchdown, go for it there. But on underdog, 57 and a half rushing yards. I mean, he's gonna have plenty of opportunities. Again, Clyde, high ankle sprain. He's not playing McKinnon, a player that they're using more in the passing attack. He'll get carries, but they're not giving McKinnon 20 carries. So if they're going to be up in this game, they're not going to have to be like super aggressive. They know they can run the ball. Why would they not do that with Pacheco? Like they're not giving other running backs very many touches. And so I love this one. I think Pacheco is definitely going over that total. After that, we talked about Gino, Aaron Jones. I would say this one. So we're starting to get into like less confidence, right? I love this like top 10, really like the top five. We get lower confidence as we move down. Obviously, if I posted it, I still like it, right? But looking at Aaron Jones, this is more like, what, how do we think the Packers are going to attack in this game? The one risk here is that if we kind of look at, we look at Aaron Jones' uh, his like game logs here, right? He has a lot of games where he goes way over. 132 rushing yards, 110, 143, 138, and ones that are really low. You know, 36, 19, 23, 25, 40. So putting it in the middle makes sense for them to do. But when we look at this spot, especially recently, teams have kind of decided, okay, the Eagles have a great pass defense. Like, it's very difficult to win a game passing. The Packers look at themselves and they're like, we have a passing attack. Oh, we wouldn't call it our strength, right? They haven't really won through the air. And so when they're scouting this game, why would they not approach this similar to the game they had against Buffalo? They knew in this game against Buffalo, they could not pass the ball. Like they were not going to be efficient. And so they just ran the ball a billion times. Now they lost by 10. They were going to probably lose that game regardless. But they gave Aaron Jones 20 carries for 143 yards, 7 yards per carry. That's probably not going to happen again. But if they look and they're scouting this game, and they see that teams are finding success. Washington did this. Washington beat the Eagles by running the ball a ton and being efficient in the passing game based off of that, 
why wouldn't they do it again? Uh, we saw the Colts at least attempt to run the ball out with Jonathan Taylor. Didn't win the game, but came a lot closer than they should have. They really covered the spread in that game. I just think that like that's the best way that the Packers have a chance of winning this game. And so why would they not give him the carries? And again, this is Aaron Jones, and it's 58 and a half rushing yards. Like He doesn't need 20 carries for 100 yards to hit here. He needs like 15. I mean, at 15, he needs to be like not even very efficient to hit this over. I think this is a good one to bet as well. After that, um, again, the Heineke one, um, really like I talked about before, um, Washington over the last three weeks, their passing play percentage, 43%, but on the season, they're all the way up at 56%, a little bit under, but around 56%. And it's because if we look at these last few games, Houston, everyone runs the ball a billion times against Houston. The Eagles, well, we've talked about. Teams are trying to run the ball against the Eagles because it's so difficult to pass on them. That makes sense. And then, you know, a tough game against uh, the Vikings, 64 plays. Again, I think they're going to be over that in this week. Uh, hits the over in a really difficult matchup against the Colts. And so if you look at the game logs and you're like, oh, his passing yards prop is it, you know, he needs 216 to hit it. He hasn't really done that recently. But I think there are reasons in their recent games why they haven't needed to throw the ball. And not saying they're going to need to throw it, but there's nothing that's forcing them to throw the ball or to, to run the ball this week. I think it's certainly possible that they can just have it like around their season average in passing. And if we're going to see that elevated plays again, they're towards the top of the league in plays per game. Falcons allowing a ton of plays per game. I just think it makes sense that they're going to run a lot of plays and some of those are going to be passing. Um, oh yeah, and then I brought up here Falcons third worst in sacks per game. So when they drop back, we're not going to see many sacks. We're not going to see a lot of pressure. Allow another half second for Heineke to be sitting there, another half second for McLaurin to get loose downfield. That just elevates the chance that we see a big play. Really only takes one big play to have a huge portion of the over in that game. Final few. Russell Wilson. Um, there's nothing about the matchup here. I mean, that Carolina is not like a good spot, but 220, I mean, he's hit that over in what, three straight, five of the last six. Um, and if we think about this offense as well, always good in props to think about how the game's going to play out. Well, Chase Edmonds has a high ankle sprain. They cut Melvin Gordon. They have Latavius Murray. Mike Boone can't come back until week 13. Like Murray is really the only one they trust. Are we going to give Murray 25 carries? Probably not. So we're probably not going to see that. We're going to see Russell Wilson throw the ball. He's not going to air it out a billion times, but at 219 and a half passing yards, he doesn't need that many pass attempts to hit the over here. Um, I just think on average, he's just going to do that because I just don't trust that they're going to give Latavius Murray like a billion carries. It just wouldn't make sense for them to do. Um, after that, these two, honestly, Kenneth Walker, Damian Pierce, these are your bet on talent plays. Like we talked about with Olave last week. It was like there was nothing in the matchup with Olave. It was just like he was at, what, 51 and a half receiving yards. It was just like, well, Olave's good, right? Kenneth Walker's good. Damian Pierce is good. And so Kenneth Walker needs at least 80 rushing yards to hit this one. I like that. I would um, kind of like if you could like do some sort of stack here. The problem is we've talked about uh, Gino. We've talked about... Um, Lockett. We've talked about Kenneth Walker. There's no one on the other side. So I don't really see a whole lot on the Raiders side that you can bring back. If you see something, you want to take 
um, the Adams over. You want to take something with the Jacobs over. Um, maybe you like Derek Carr. If you like any of those, definitely start adding in these like other ones. But one thing I'll say is I would much prefer doing Geno plus Lockett and then leaving out Kenneth Walker or doing the opposite. Leave out the Geno and Lockett one, which again, I like a little bit more, and use the Kenneth Walker. I think one of those duos is going to hit. But if you use both of them, now we need a lot of yards from Seattle. We need them to throw for 260, run for, you know, over 100, like, because, I mean, uh, Walker's like the only running back playing. And so it's like, we need a lot of production from this team. So stick to either Geno Lockett or Kenneth Walker. And so if you don't like the Lockett one, um, I don't know, you use, use the Walker one. But, you know, I, I, like, uh, I like Tyler Lockett, like, a lot this week. I think he's got a very, very good ceiling, and he's healthy. That is one thing about Tyler Lockett is that whenever he's on the injury report, he just like suffers in production, like he's just not as good. But if he's coming off by, um, I don't believe he's on the injury report, like I think he's like good to go health-wise and the dream matchup 40% of the time, I think this could be one of those Tyler Lockett games. Uh, but if you don't like that, uh, Kenneth Walker is just like quite good at football coming off by rookie. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense there. And then Damian Pierce, um, get the rushing plus the receiving at 91 and a half. That's a little high, but again, he is the entire offense. If we look at on the season, like for the entire year, percent of team carries, he is second behind Josh Jacobs ahead of Derrick Henry. Like if they have any sort of volume on the ground, it is all going through him. And he's used a little bit in the receiving game. He cooled off a little bit. He had that zero target game, but you know, it's, um, target six, five, four, five, zero, then three and three. Like he could have a game where he's got, you know, four targets, turns into like 20 yards. And now he only needs, you know, 71, 72 in the rushing attack. He's someone that can easily push for 20 carries in this game. I mean, he's got a game with 20, 26, 20, 27, like most games, he's going to be good. Last game was brutal, but it's that matchup. We talk about Washington, very clear pass funnel. You don't want to run on the commanders. You want to throw on them because they're bad against wide receivers. Phenomenal against running backs. It was not a good spot for Damian Pierce last week. And so it makes sense. I mean, he only had 17 yards. That's pretty embarrassing. Like that's not uh, something we would want to happen. Um, but overall, he's going to be used so much that in like just fine matchups, I wouldn't say this is an attackable spot, but in just like a fine matchup, he should have plenty of room to run. He, um, he should... I would. I wouldn't say plenty of room to run. It's going to be difficult for him on the ground. But you should have plenty of opportunities to run. Even in that horrible spot, he got 10 carries. I'm thinking he pushes at least like 15 to 17 carries here. If he can add on a few receptions on top of that, um, be at least like moderately efficient, he's a good enough talent to where I like that one there. So those are all the ones I have on the site right now. If I see something else, um, probably won't look later on Friday. So somewhere on uh, Saturday, on Sunday morning, if I see something, I will post it, but I would say it's more likely I tweet that out. So follow me on Twitter, at NickSilekFFA. Um, if I do bet anything, I haven't bet anything yet this week. If I do bet anything, I will tweet that out. I will show you guys um, what that was. Uh, but again, these are all the ones that I have on the site. So I will see you guys back here on Monday. We'll go over waiver wire. You guys have suggested that I combine the running back and wide receiver video like I did last week into one video, so that'll come out middle of next week as well. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, have a hit the like button, have a subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.